You can find out more on my Instagram at Quiet Fire Radio. Welcome back to Quiet Fire. I'm thrilled now to introduce to you, new Australian band, Kill Bell. I'm with Charlie here now, just with the release of their third single, Sad Song. How are you, Charlie? I'm quite well, Jeremy. We're just reflecting now. This is the third song that Kill Bell have released in the last year or so. How does Sad Song relate like how does sad song differ from the previous output well i guess this one initially when we wrote it it was intended to be our ballad track um i'm not sure if it still holds that title i think we got a little carried away with production but yeah i think we initially we wanted to write something that we could just kind of cool down a bit between our other songs and um i guess it still does have something you know simplistic in its rhythms and but it is yeah, I think it is a little bit punkier than we intended when we first started writing a, a ballad track. Do you find yourself sitting down and going, oh, well, I want to write an epic or I want to write a ballad or I want to write a, I don't know, a, a stadium song or a lo-fi rock song? Is that something you set out to do first up or do you find yourself also just naturally, songs sort of come about naturally as well? Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a mixed bag, I guess. Sometimes you'll hope to be writing something, but the inspiration won't really strike. I think Nick and I, we, when we're writing our songs, we kind of do a bit of back and forth. Like he'll send me a few kind of riffs or sometimes I'll send him some, you know, some melodies or like a little bass thing and we'll kind of build up from there. Um, I guess this is one of the only times really where we chose to actively go into something, trying to make it, have a specific sound. So I guess that's why it, it doesn't really have to, it's not extremely ballady, but yeah, it's, we just kind of have to roll with it as a collaborative songwriting process. There are, yeah, just things like that. You, you just kind of have to go back and forth and see what works when we're going between the two of us. Absolutely. And I think the other part of it is that songwriters who kind of, I know that in the bio that I read of you guys, you have a, there was some sort of Sonic Youth influence and there's definitely some grunge influences. When you think about writing music, you're not writing music within the context of the current generation of songs hitting Spotify playlists. You've got to reflect on an album. So you maybe you start with a bang and then you go into, you know, a different progress. And then in that, you know, three quarters through, you're expected to have sort of a ballad track and there's all of that kind of thing. So sometimes the songwriting process, I guess, and I get the sense that maybe with this song was reflecting on creating songs for a journey of an album. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, it kind of uh, lines up with the progress of just writing a, you know, a set list for a gig night, which you know, it's been a while since we've had one of those, given the current climate in Melbourne. But yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, we do want to have a little bit of variation. And because it is coming for our, we've written a few of these tracks as a, with the intention of releasing it as our debut album. It is, yeah, we kind of do want to have it as a, a bit of a journey. So I guess that's why we chose to write some of the songs to, you know, have a little break, have a little pause, you don't want to just have it, you know, every song being like a, a three-minute punk thing just 
it would be exhausting to listen to, I think. So it is, yeah, about the journey, like you said. The other part that it captured me in the bio that you guys wrote about the song was that you referred to sort of this bedroom recording process. The, the bedroom recording was something that in the 90s and 2000s always related to punk music. And then in the last 15 years has become about sort of really grandiose Ableton setups and sort of Chet Baker knockoffs. <laughs> it, it warmed my heart to hear a bedroom recording in the way that I grew up knowing about it. Do you want to walk me through that process of recording punk in a house setup? now and not in the not in the modern way that we talk about it now yeah of course well i mean it was much more i guess diy than we'd done previously with our tracks we did we had kind of like the guy doing our previous mixes would help us out in the studio set us up with uh you know he was able to take care of all the recording inside of things this time around it was much more you know we've got a an audio interface that we just plug in the guitar plug in the bass and and try and go with it. I think the main thing, there was vocals was a bit of a, a fun kind of thing, you know, chucking up mattresses against the wall to try and get as, as good of a recording we could with that. In terms of the drums, you know, Nick is still not telling me how he recorded those. I don't know. He's got his secret plans and clever tricks, so I'm going to have to try and worm that one out of him one day. But I assume that it all went well because I'm pretty happy with the recording that we got in the end. It sounds great. It, it's awesome. It, it just took me back. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, you know, who Minor Threat are? You're a Minor Threat fan? I, I'm not. I might be a bit young, perhaps. <laughs> Minor Threat recorded their entire first EP. I would encourage you to listen to it. Um, I think it was almost one of the uh, beginnings of the bedroom recording by simply setting up the entire band in one room and then setting up uh, microphones in the bedroom next door and recorded their entire EP that way. And there was no more complicated, nothing else to it. Yeah, maybe we'll have to keep that in mind. I don't know. Hopefully Melbourne won't be under too much, I guess, restrictions for that much longer. But, you know, if we're recording the rest of our album this year, I guess we'll have to keep something like that in mind. Charlie, I want to just talk a little bit about the themes of the song. I know that you wrote the song prior to Corona, but the song is called sad song and you've sort of re-reflected on it being a piece of the world now. I was interested that sadness was a reaction that a lot of artists have sort of chosen anger and things like that. What What is it that you see as uh, sort of the di- dichotomy, I guess, of those two um, totally different emotions, but, um, you know, you having a different reaction to others, let's just say. Yeah, well... It's a good question. I think the sadness just kind of comes from, it is inherently just a, a process of grief at the moment for our, our current music scene. We're watching, you know, all of our favourite venues. Some of them, you know, are shutting down with possibility of not reopening. And it is just kind of almost a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness just hoping and and waiting that things will return back to at least a relative state of normalcy. So I think it it comes from that in that it's just we're trying to grieve our local scene, grieve these bands that, you know, perhaps were really up and coming and everything's just had to be put on hold. Of course, anger would be, you know, an apt response as well. I think it's just, you know, 
it's all these different kind of stages of dealing with a loss of something that for so many of us is such an integral part of our lives. And the other part of, I guess the other part of punk rock, the stuff that you guys are doing as well, I'm assuming that, and I think you just touched on, you're putting the final pieces together of the live out of the first album. You've got a few more things to go. I assume that in playing in a band and writing music toward an album, the music itself changes or takes on a life of its own when you're sort of treading the boards week by week, you know, you're, you're putting together a song and this doesn't work live. So you do it this way and all of those sorts of things. What kind of impact do you think it's going to have that you're, you guys are not having so much of an opportunity to perform live? And how do you think the music is going to turn out differently when we get that final copy in our hands later in the year? It definitely does have a, a difference from, and especially since it's been so long since we have been able to play live, we've had to kind of rework some things and reconfigure how it does all work. I mean, we're hoping that we'll get something close to what we're able to put out when we do, hopefully, inevitably play live again. But yeah, I think what would be some of the key differences would be, I guess we're just trying to fill in some extra things with like vocal layering and stuff. Cause we, I mean, as it currently is, I've got myself as the, as the lead vocalist and we, do have another backing vocalist, but you know, until we can meet up again and work out when we're allowed to leave our house for more than an hour a day, I think it's trying to recreate that kind of a thing solo, you know, as just uh, one person in a room at a time. I was thinking, you know, just as a side point, I was almost thinking it was sort of like getting dressed in the morning, you know, like sometimes when you're writing a punk song, you might have written a sort of you know, a fourth fourth verse that was a little bit too pretentious or whatever. And when you play it in a live format, you realize uh, people's interest in waning in this fourth verse. I reckon we can just cut this out and just go straight back to the chorus again. You know, that kind of thing. Like yeah, all of a sudden, all of the punk songs end up being almost four minutes long and we're going, oh God, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do a four minute punk song. We really have to keep it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I think when you're recording a punk song in a in a very in a closed space in a in a small room, as opposed to you know yelling it out to a dirty band room, it it does become a lot more introspective, and you're you're confronted with thinking like, oh, the the uh, the last half of this really doesn't need to be in here as when you're hearing it yourself. So I think that's maybe that is why a lot of the songs get cut short. I think that as as we kind of approach, I, I hate to use the term the end of this the end of this time, but Australian creatives and I get the opportunity to speak to people kind of around the world a little bit in terms of musicians and uh, musicians around the world are, are sort of approaching this as a very visible enemy. But to Australians, the output at the end of this is going to be is is sort of like an invisible enemy. Like I, not a lot of us know people who have been affected directly by the virus, but we're kind of reacting to the way the world is all around us. I think it's going to make some really interesting, interesting art. I'm not even sure that's... Does the album have a title yet? It does not. You know, that's a... I feel like even with all of our songs, trying to come up with a, a name for them, it really does feel like trying to ice a cake before it's finished baking, I feel. I think... Coming up with names, it's one of my least favourite parts of the process. I've already put in all of these times to kind of like 
come up with lyrics. I've, I've always come approached these things more from like the musical side of things, the, the poetry and the lyricism of all that is, I don't think my uh, favorite part of the process, but you know what? I think with everything that's going on in the world, it's probably going to have some sort of depressing morbid aspect to it. We'll see if we can uh, keep things lively, but you know, it's hard not to be affected by everything around us. So. What about the Kill Bell itself? What is the Kill Bell? So Kill Bell was really just originated as a a dumb joke play on Kill Bill. I think I must have just been watching it that week. We came up with like a bunch of names. It was almost like I was getting to this point where I was almost considering resorting to one of those like online generators just for, it was one of those things. Again, I got so tired of like the process of having to come up with something that's a a name for something it's yeah it's one of those things I think all band names are going to sound pretty ridiculous until the band is good enough to own it so yeah it doesn't have too much of a fun backstory but hopefully Quentin Tarantino won't come for us in the future I thought that you can't do a New Zealand if you try and tell anyone there that you'll kill Bell they're just going to be like what um, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I think we'll we'll keep it to uh, Australia for now. I don't think that they'd let us in with all of the um, <laughs> that we've got here at the moment, anyway. Charlie, it's been a joy to have you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. When we return to touring live music, I'm hoping that we get to see you in Sydney, maybe early 2021. If you got to be the guest of any band, let's try and keep it to contemporary living Australian bands. If there was a um, dream tour buddy you could go on tour with around this fair nation, early 2021, who would it be? Oh, wow. A lot of choices. I think, you know, I'm a big fan of our, of our little music scene down here in Melbourne. We, yeah, I think Pinch Point's pretty on top of things. They're great. They've got a great sound. They've got a, a great kind of energy. They're always a joy to see live. So perhaps them, they might be a fun Fun person to tag along with around the eastern coast, at least. Shout out, Pinch Points. Thank you so much. Charlotte, I'm going to um, play Sad Song now for our listeners. Would you like to give me an introduction? Hi, I'm Charlie from Kill Bell, and you're about to hear our latest single, Sad Song. Thank you so much, Charlotte. As I said...